Hello, everybody, and welcome to the UVA Radio exclusive podcast coverage of the Faculty Student Council debate. I'm here with the candidates for the Faculty of Humanities, and we're ready to get started. Um, you can vote this week from June 8th to June 12th, and um, voting is online. Um, so let's get started and uh, introduce ourselves. Um, and what party we're from? Hello, I'm Robert. I'm uh, the number one for the Freie student, and I'm running for the Faculty of Humanities. Hi, I'm Liesje. I'm on the list for TOF, which means Trots op Faculteit Geestwetenschappen. And I'm eighth on the list, and I'm a second year literary and cultural analysis student. Hello, everybody. My name is Tommy Schoots. I'm running for the anti-corona party. And if you want your great averages to be frozen and your tuition fees to be cut, please vote for me. All right. Um, and I'm Jilly, and I'm going to be moderating this debate. Um, so first of all, for anybody that is unfamiliar with um, how Faculty Student Council works, how, how does it work? What do you guys do? Well, we represent uh, students of the Faculty of Humanities, and we have a say on all kinds of things. So we have a say if they want to start a new study or a new master. Uh, but we also have a say about the budget of our faculty. And so we can advise um, our uh, dean, and sometimes we also can take some stance against the dean. Yeah, so on subjects like the budget and uh, the starting of new bachelors, we have like consenting right, and uh, we also have a lot of advices we can have advice requests from the faculty board and we can do like unsolicited advices. So really representing the students' rights and our opinions to the faculty board and really trying to like stronger our students as students. And here we're kind of already going into one of the first problems with the student council. What both my colleagues said, there's a lot of advisory rights. If I'm going to be in the student council, I'm going to make sure that all those advisory rights are going to be transformed into consent, which means that we have an actual say instead of just some lousy paper, which the dean and the UFA can just push aside like it's nothing. So that's why you need to vote for me for some institutional reform. Um, so how do you source what the issues are within the faculty from the students? Just being present, just uh, looking into your network, but also br um, uh, br also uh, reaching out to more students than only in your network to just uh, pop that bubble we're in, uh, just to be next to people. I also uh, get DMs from people who have specific problems or they call me, I get text okay. messages. People know how to reach me. Yeah, we normally try to be very active physically in the university. Now, of course, it has everything turned online. So we try to really be active online. But we also just try to have our lists here at TOF just be representative of like the student body. Like now, for example, our list is almost half international students, which for the humanities is very representative of our student body. And we, yeah, we try to reach out in our specific courses. Like we have a lot of different studies in our list. So yeah, we try to like find the student problems in such a way. So the key word is talking with other people, but also keeping your eyes open because you maybe not people tell you everything, but you have to look um, what is changing and what you can change for other students. But also, there's also this component of being vulner vulnerable and inviting other people to share their stories with you. For instance, during this corona crisis, I did my story in the university paper. To be a little bit more specific, I come from a low-income background uh, where I had a talk with my mom where I, she said, maybe at a certain point you need to support me with your, with your student loans. Oh, which wow. was kind of a very big moment. And I've, I shared this in the university paper. And from that article, a lot of people reached out who were in similar situations and in dire economic needs. And that is also something which my policies are based on. So cutting the tuition fees is necessary for people who are in these dire economic situations who are not always comfortable to be so exposed. Yeah, I think it's really good to like share your personal experiences. And I think in humanities, we really also take value in that. But I'm just wondering, because you're also running centrally, but how do you plan to put these measures through on a decentral level? Can you, wh what do you mean exactly? Like your 100 euro per student. Well, these are, these are uh, to be in a dire economic situation is not something which is limited to a faculty. 
So we're going to put it through centrally. There's this, there are reserves, and you've already talked about, uh, about spending these reserves, which in 2017 were 133 million to be uh, just one month to pay every student uh, 100 euros back is 3.5 million, which is just a fraction of those reserves. People need need to get half of their money back because we also just get half the education for for the whole, uh, and we need to pay still Why the regular amount. Should people then vote for you decentrally? Because I'm I'm a person who has not only reached out and who's been present at faculty level, but also I've also been uh, fighting the budget cuts. But to be honest, you also need to be realistic because TOF is only running on a faculty level and you're only fighting against all those other faculty faculties. I understand that to have a comprehensive model and also fight the budget cuts, we need to do that together, just with all the different faculties, instead of just creating chaos and just fighting other uh, faculties. Let's talk about um, decentralization and um, sort of in terms of, do you feel like the faculties themselves, um, like the faculty student councils, do they have more or less power than than central or like how is that dynamic well the issues on faculty level are, are a lot smaller but to be honest we're, we're in a time where there's major major budget cuts coming from the government and we as a UFA need to stand united and we need to carry the load with each other instead of being unrealistic and just fighting against other faculties and just saying well i'm just here to represent my own faculty uh, screw everybody else. So we we need to have also a sense of realism. I think you have two kinds of things. You have the rep representation uh, at the central council, so and the representation at the faculty faculty council, and that's also why you have two votes. So you can vote for the whole UVA at the CSR, but also to be represented at the faculty of humanities because there are also a lot of things that happens in your study or at your faculty, and it is very important that the faculty of humanities is also represented. Yeah, I mean, TOF really fights for decentral rights, even on a lower level than a faculty, so also for stronger rights of the program, <laughs> which focuses on like the courses. Um, and we're the only party that is running decentrally. Like DFS and the Anti-Corona Party, they're also running centrally, and that's why their policy sometimes doesn't fit our faculty, because even if you talk about budget cuts that will happen centrally will affect the humanities very differently because the budget cuts that are coming is about like the fact that it fits people's jobs, which the humanities can sometimes be kind of confusing or like sometimes for the economic perspective doesn't really fit with the humanities because we value academic worth above economic profit. Well, yeah, I think Tov hasn't really read my program very well because I'm also against this this uh, this um, this fairy tale of of having our studies be um, pointed to the job market because the job market is all over the place every in every year it changes so I'm also against that yeah and but it's to be honest some some the the weakness of TOF is that some measures also need to be put in centrally yeah. and uh, because some some issues are uh, are facing all of us can you guys explain more about um like what you're referring to about uh, your degree would turn into what you're gonna, um, what your job would be after? Is that the situation? Are they changing the program? Yeah, so um, the government of the Netherlands is really putting budget cuts on universities, but mainly putting them on the humanities because they are focusing on what the study will bring to your, bring to the economy, bring to okay. your like really the job you can have. And for us, it's sometimes hard to explain really like the the Arbeitsmarkt, like how does that fit? Like Job we markets. are, yeah, like how does, you know, there's no job that is saying literary and cultural analysis for me, but it doesn't mean I'm not gonna get a job, but they're really mm -hmm. looking for the specific match of your studies and that you have to have a job that fits it. So yeah, they're putting a price tag they're putting a price tag on how well your study scores in the job market. And I also I th this is something we can relate on because I study philosophy and European studies and this is also a big problem for us that we can't pinpoint exactly where we're going to end in the long term. So this is something we need to address and maybe work together on. Yeah, and like did our faculty they're now trying to uh, create bachelors which are which really broad programs which yeah. is totally not the humanities representative of what the humanities are great for which is specialization mm -hmm. and academic worth 
So they're trying to di- turn our faculty into this liberal arts uh, college, which is will focus on profit and efficiency above quality of education. And that is something Tuff really wants to fight against. But well we the also problem need is to that address we also have a lot of uh, little studies that have like two or three students. But this and is exactly yeah, the thing we, we can expect from the Freie student, because the Freie student has been closely contacted with the, our National Conservative Liberal Party. A few years true. ago, you got no. 25,000 euros from them. There's been two council members who've quit your party because of the political influence. And you yourself had had uh, positions, not only uh, in the youth party of the Conservative Liberals, but also in the Conservative Liberals themselves. So to be yep. so there's there's this... They, they have... Uh, so your your way to connect it to be to say something about this. To no, be that's honest. not true because we are a uh, independent party, and you always say this, but it's not true because we yes we. Where did the twenty five thousand euro came from? A few years ago, from? we were founded by the EUVD. Why did you that do is so already many a few years ago, and it was already cut a few years ago. So we are independent right now, and yes, I also do some uh, work at another parties, but yeah, you can also talk about it because you also part of Asfa. The Decentrale, Red Uva. Which are all not r- connected with any any uh, bigger political part, national political party. So, and most people on your list have been active for the conservative liberals and still That's are active true. for the conservative liberals. Yeah, there liberals. are some members in the, so that are the PvdA, you're but we also have members that are GroenLinks or D66, PvdA, so we are very political diverse. So you're, so you're actually saying that you're connected to, to larger political no, parties? No, that's not true. I only so said it. independent. So I only said it because we have all kinds of people who think at the different things. So we are not connected with the national party because we're just an independent. We are get our own money, we fund our own campaign, and we don't get money of the year. But from who did you get those 25,000 euros? Because that's bi- that's not me saying this. This is a fact. This Our university paper delved into your finances and saw 25,000 euros from the conservative liberal party. Who's who's responsible for the budget cut for everybody well, who's not the on... the thing is, it was five years ago we got some money from a, a liberal um, think tank. And they, yes, they get their money to the EOPD and they gave it to us because at that moment we didn't have our rechtspersoon, um, we didn't were we didn't existed for the law of the Netherlands and uh, yes, so we had to change that so we could get our own money and that is what the sit- current situation. So don't talk ta- about five years ago. I want to talk about next year. But now when we're talking about all these budget cuts, you're actually defending the budget cuts, saying that there are studies no. with only free people. Yeah. What That's is your party's um, like? What's your view on the budget cuts and cutting out programs? And so yes, yeah. we see that we have budget cuts at the Faculty of Humanities and. It, it's the real deal. We mm-hmm. have to deal with it. And uh, we don't like it, but we have to deal with it because we cannot change it. Mm-hmm. And we, yes, we say that uh, we can combine a lot of small studies uh, from Here different regions and then combine it in a big ma- bachelor. And then okay. in a few y- in the second year, you can cho- choose your own major and then you can still follow your own course. But the other thing is if we don't do it, we have to cut studies. We don't want to do it because we want but that people can choose their own study. Isn't cutting studies the same as like s- kind of making these broad programs? Because the end, all these specialized options will disappear. They are already disappearing. We no, have you so can many still st- choose your own major. But that's different because that is not the reality of the situation. Because choosing your own major won't s- be the same as being able to study, for example, Russian language or like Arabic language which are very small studies, but it's very important for our societal worth that we have people that can understand this exactly. yes, in depth. Especially and in an economy like ours, it is important that people uh, know language and know culture. So we also see that it's important to people to know that. But we also have to look in the real deal and we have to can combine them and still you can choose your own courses. That's also the current deal. So to be honest, we're sitting here between technocrats who have been in this council for years only have been talking no institutional reform to make this happen and between the conservative liberals who fought off these uh, of these we are not cuts. conservative you can put so la- we're kind of labels in on us two extremes. i mean the one thing i really want to point out because you're saying we've been in this council for years but the 12 people on our list the first 12 people on our list have never been elected in 
to the student council before. Yeah, but it's always which is the, different it's always for the fault you. Of the voters. It's which is also the different fault, fault for you voters. because you were elected for the CSR but didn't even participate for but the full I year. I won't sell out my values to co- go in a council. I want to get this straight. I've worked hard. I've been in this. I've been in this world for three, year, three years already. I won't sell out to get into a council. I'm not going into a council on a program which I don't support. And if you are just here to get a job, that's on you guys. But no. I want to I vote. Do that. I want to. S- strive for my my opinions and my values in the council so i can represent the students but and not the problem drop out because the council is not working we're only we're being we're being put down by the dean being put down by Geertenam, which is the ufa boss and you're kind of sitting there enabling the dean in his bad behavior we need institutional reform we need to be on next on the set on the same level as the dean instead of him just uh, throwing away our advisory letters and that's the problem you're technocrats you're nothing more than a technocrat who's only talking 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 well, we need some institutional I reform i don't want to vote i want to vote from something new and not to a person that's exactly. already active for three years and did not change anything you were um faculty uh, on asfa and in a few weeks all your members quit but let me let me address this, Jilly, because this is not fair to do. Because and I'm getting emotional from this because I worked so hard to, and I've stood next to students. I've I've been there. I've been sitting next to international students who had to sleep in a tent. So for you to attack me on that, the only thing you can say to me is that I went too hard for the students. I went too hard and I wanted too much too fast. And I'm here f- to for to ask the voters for another chance because I won't I won't sell out. And I'm I'm actually getting emotional because I've worked I've I've dedicated three years of my life to this and you're attacking me on it as if I did nothing because this is something which I think about a lot I've been uh, this is I'm sorry I'm just getting emotional I'm just getting really emotional from this because I've worked so hard for three years I've been protesting I've been next to students and to say that I haven't done enough is just so so wrong because to be honest the Freie Student nobody thinks you guys are doing anything in the council it's true that's Th- not true and because the actually is true that's actually true you had true. seats so for two years at least and they were never taken up there was no one in the council for the Freie Student you had seat last year the same person dropped out two years in a row yeah well that's on the list again so why should people vote for you if you have always have candidates that just drop out right now Marie Claire is our uh, sitting in the faculty of humanities and yes she's she is no she dropped out no she, she did not it was another person yes there was a person on the list who f- was uh felt not safe in the faculty of humanities well i've been so in the council since november and i've never met Marie Claire. And well this is actually the problem with DVS, only pointing the finger, pointing the finger to other people, but never actually, actually accomplishing something. Who was on the, uh, what consisted of the council this year? So we had eight seats for TOF, um, and two seats for uh, Red Ufa, and then one unelected seat, and then one seat for DVS. And what happened this year? What was accomplished? Nothing. <laughs> So we took a lot, a lot of different subjects. So a lot um, of advisory letters. That is true. We had a lot of advisory letters, but we also advise on like the actual education of the the students, like of the faculty, like what should be improved. We advised on uh, bachelor courses. We really, uh, we worked on eight eight four, the new uh, faculty reform, uh, new yearly plan reform, which we're really against, and now it's also going to be delayed. And the dean shoved it aside like it was nothing. So if we really want change, we need for we first need to force some institutional reform before we want to continue. Let's talk more about the eight eight four. Can someone explain that and what their opinion is? Eight eight four is about our semester. So you have two semesters with three blocks, and then you have uh, two blocks of eight weeks, and then one of four, and that repeats twice in a year. Okay. But the problem for the humanities is that it's just especially the four uh, the course of four weeks is just squeezed in yeah and you cannot get anything done so we want some change in that yeah because like so centrally the 884 is decided but then faculties can have their own input on how they decide these weeks and so our faculty wanted to change it to 774 which mean would mean that one week would have no lectures and no classes which will mean that we will just have less education for the same workload and that the problem of the four weeks, what Tommy also said, will not be solved. So we were really against this idea because it would just not solve the problems that were caused by 884. 
and would just cause for no more workload for the students because even the, the faculty board admitted that it was not a solution for the workload of the students. But this is exactly the problem of TOF because the science faculty, for instance, has, has benefited a lot from this 884 system. So to implement a comprehensive system where people can still have courses on other faculties and it won't interfere between each other will have will mean a uh, central implementation. And Tov can only sit here and say, well, it's so difficult here at the Faculty of Humanities, but we have to do, there's this central reality. Everybody is following the same uh, format. But even for the Faculty of Science, they have even different course amounts. Like their ECs are different for courses. Like they have courses that are way smaller ECs. So they're also, their decentrality profits them because they don't adhere to the central 884 regulations. But that's a problem. So then we cannot follow any courses uh, on faculty lines. So we need to put that in centrally so everybody on the Faculty of Humanities can also go to the science faculty and follow a course without it interfering with another yeah, course. Yeah, I think so. We should but have a better reform. works for some faculties and doesn't work for others. And that's a central debate which we need to follow. Well, we think that 884 is maybe not the best deal, but it works right now. And if you heard uh, uh, what the uh, council is bringing uh, next year, the 774 is even worse. But, but then yeah. then again, like, ha haven't you talked to students? Haven't you been out well, there? I am how a student, so I, I mean also talk with people in my... Uh, Tutorials. Well, that's a very small bubble then, because I've heard a lot of people who've not, who have not, have not benefited, who are stressed out and say, "Well, we need to stop with this 884 system." The stress out is a general problem at a lot of universities. So but then that's, we don't that's have a to real deal. It with this format. Well, I don't think because it's also in your other universities with a different kind of um, schedule. So I think it's more of a problem that is on a uh, country level and yes we have to address it but I don't think it's so because 84 is on a country level no I did not say that I said the mental problems are on a country level so are I there don't think 884 is only the main cause for the so you're shoving the mental problems to a national level and no. that shows you how bad your priorities I are I did not say that what I meant what are you saying yeah I'm trying to say it but if you keep interrupting me I cannot say it because what I'm saying is that we have to address mental health problems and uh, on a faculty level and on a u university level. But uh, what I meant to say is that 884 is not the only reason that uh, mental problems... But we, on, we not only have to address it, we have to put more money towards it. How can it be that we have agencies in all over the world which are... are uh, getting students to the UFA and then when they're at the UFA we have a communications department but there's no... We, we prioritize that but to be honest there's going less and less money to mental health to student psychologists yeah. so we need to put our priority towards that issue i think that's also just the problem with our faculty as well that it's just turning towards this economic profit above the value the student experience uh, the quality of education mental health problems they're always putting this efficiency and that this need to finish within three years this need to do everything as fast as possible with as little money they will invest in their students you know they're they're putting this making this university or faculty into this like this fable where you just like kind of grab as fast as you can and just pay it's all about money at this point yeah, it's also the reason why we for flex studying we want that people so more markets in a problem where the market is already the problem can you no. explain the flex study what so flex mean? study is that you pay per um, course and not for a whole year so you can choose your own length of study so if you want to take five years and do all your uh, courses that's fine and you don't have to pay for the uh, big amount of tuition fee every year okay. but only so say for one course every sorry. year it's putting a price tag on courses well, there is already one because you already have tuition fee and it's only it's compared to the tuition fee but you're gonna differ the price tags on different courses because well, some I courses take a little bit more money and that's gonna be the problem at the uh, faculty of humanities yeah, you cannot say that every course is the same because some exactly. courses so take a little more market yeah, a no, market mechanism inside there is already a value on courses and it is the EEC. But you you want to mar you want to put a market mechanism in our courses? No, that's not true. I so only said so you pay if you if your stress, course is a bigger ESC, then it's that's normal that if the course is a bigger ESC, it's normal you it takes longer. So you also have to pay a little bit more. But that's also the case right now because you pay a tuition fee, and it's also uh, divided across the ECs. But the tuition fee is about like a full academic bachelor. It's not about one course value. Like we have. You know, that's why we shouldn't do this, because if we do this, this means that 
smaller studies will suddenly have to pay bigger prices just because they're not economic the economic value isn't good enough in the eyes of the faculty we should really shy away from putting flex studying into our into our faculty which is not it's not already here um because it will just mean that in the end we'll have to pay a lot more to have specialized education and small studies will have to pay more just because they're small yeah but it's not the case that it will deal with small studies they will still exist we think that if you can choose only one or two courses of a small study it's even better so you can choose to say i want to learn russia i want to do it at the university of amsterdam why is one or two courses better than a full academic bachelor you can still choose for a full academic bachelor but if you only want to do one course of a of a bachelor why should you pay a whole year if you want to only follow that course so that would benefit like students that have jobs or other obligations that they have to do we think that the best person to say how i want to study is the person itself and not the whole faculty but there's already a solution for that because you can study part-time so why do we need to flex study if you can always already choose for a part-time study this is just a way to get more money out of the faculty that's not true part-time is also you have to do it in like four years and flex study is even longer so if you want to do only one course a year that's fine and flex studying is still of s- amount of s- set amount of courses every year. But you still have to pay 15% more for a course when you flex study. It's not the same price. No, it's th- no, it's not the same price, but it's th- we still think So it's isn't that about economic value? Isn't that not about the academic worth anymore? Because even if you have if flex studying will be li- widely adopted in our faculty, that will mean that you have people that just want to take a course next to people that have done this bachelor for 3 years, which will lead to the lessening of the the work in the tutorials that will mean very disproportionate students experience that will mean have trying to have a discussion with someone that did a maybe a bachelor for three years and someone that just joined for fun yes and it's also a very big problem for the economic accessibility so paying 15 percent more also just uh, cuts out a lot of people who cannot afford that so there are also you can still follow the whole course if you want to it's not that we say you don't have to follow the whole bachelor because i think a lot of people are still following the whole bachelor if you want to study philosophy yes you're going to still study philosophy as a whole but if you only want to do a small course of philosophy then it's also fine but we can also still have electives like if you do a full bachelor course you don't have to start also flex studying to have a course in philosophy like you can have it as an elective so it looks a little bit redundant but well (laughs) sorry that was a country alert (laughs) carry on No, but I think we're actually talking about the wrong things because the Freie Student is only proposing this uh, because of the budget cuts. And instead of uh, instead of adhering to those budget cuts, we need to fight it. We need to say we need to stop it. We need to come together at central level as a as a whole complete university. Say we need to stop this financing problem. We need to stop having our priorities wrong. Stop putting it into communication and agencies abroad and put it back to the students and that's why we're proposing a 100 euro back from your tuition fees that a direct cash transfer so you want to cut the you want to fix the budget cuts but you also want to spend more money that's no not because there's not a, the issue here is the issue of priority so where are you putting your finance towards and what i already explained is that there are these reserves which the ufa is not touching and just recently they started the debate that they're touching it and what my thing is we need to put that towards the students the students are teachers they need the money needs to go to the lowest level instead of having these weird uh, policy proposals which are only uh, a way of cutting down our education way more putting more implementing more efficiency making it more stressful we need to pu- we need to say as a collective we need to stop this yeah what the deal is the UFA said on the central level that they're not going to implement the Farine uh, program and also, so that means that we will not bring money from the humanities to the technical. And this is exactly okay. the problem with technocrats, because I think half of the listeners don't even know what yeah. Farine well means. Can you please explain that to us? Farine is a program that's uh, not of the UFA, but it's of the government. And they said that the humanities has to deal with budget cuts, so the money can go to technical universities or uh, universities that will bring economic value to uh, our society. And you agree with economic value, right? You think that's an important value to have also in the humanities? No, not on, not on humanities. I think economic value is important, but not on the humanities level. I think humanities is a very important study of a faculty, 
and it has a lot of important studies. So yes, there shouldn't need to be only budget cuts on humanities. Do you think students should, um, like if humanities students are impacted more than say the sciences, should students have to pay less for tuition if they're in the humanities? I think everybody needs to be paying less for tuition because we're only getting half the education and we're not getting uh, and we still need to pay full price. So I don't think it's it's a little bit weird to uh, to to uh, let all those faculties fight amongst each other for the for the little bit of money which is there. So we need to implement one policy, one economic policy from central level where everybody benefits from. I think that's also why you shouldn't really vote for the anti-corona party because they're one policy party. They want the 100 euros, but they're not thinking about future plans like the coming years like right now next year we'll decide on things that will be implemented for year longs but not just for now then tof hasn't really also read our party program because it's not only about corona it's about the effects of corona and if you have followed the news you would have known that there's a that these yes but a hundred euros can i please finish you also interrupted me okay but then there's it's gonna uh, affect us for years and years to come there's also already a 2.3 billion budget cuts already uh, ready to be implemented and that's even without the corona uh, budget cuts present so this coming year is going to be about the corona effects and we have to deal with it how do you want to fix that budget cuts if you say well we're not going to deal with it well first of all as i just said we need to get into our reserves and we need to uh, on a short term we need to relieve students financially mentally we need to we need to put the stress on hold we're in a global pandemic and it it looks as if the if there's there's a crisis everywhere except on the ufa we need to have this short term things to relieve the students and then on a longer term this coming year there's going to be an economic crisis due to corona so this whole year is going to be about the effects of corona yeah but you say i asked what you want to do about the budget cuts and you only said let's get in the general reserves well at least first of all we're not going to work together with all those national parties that's for for sure but But that also won't deal the budget cuts i'm asking what you want to do about the budget cuts the general reserve will maybe last for one or two years because two years ago it's 133 million in 2017 let me explain because two years ago we were still in a negative reserve so we built up a general reserve for the future and it's not the great deal to immediately spent all that money again so we're back in a negative result 3.5 million is not 133 million but to answer your question what we need to do is come together as a university instead of proposing policies which are only going to make things worse we need to be connected and send a message to the government saying we don't want this anymore i've been in those protests i've been in the anti-budget cut protests for years where have you been you've only perpetuated budget cuts and only only uh only uh, uh, only made policy proposals which are only gonna make it worse for the students so but I think like uh, giving students a hundred euros but then not changing anything next to that is very performative but we're talking about institutional reform so if we're talking about uh, changing things I've what I've said is we want institutional reform we want to stop having advisory uh, advisory r- rights. Yeah, students should make have that stronger rights. Yes, and so that's and Tof hasn't been able to do that for four years. So you can attack me on that. But what have in four years you haven't been able to put in institutional reform on the table? Well, as I said before, we have a totally new list right now. Like we are trying to fight again with new people. But that's your story every year. Where do your parties think that the budget should go to? Because I know that that's one of the things that students. you guys have power on. Um, what's like? Where does the money go now within the faculty, and where should it go? Well, too much money. It's just also going to things like humanities in context, which is this new, broad idea. They're putting millions into this project. What does that mean? Exist. Yeah. So, humanities in context is this new idea for a bachelor program and a research building, and they're putting millions into only researching the project. This project will mean that a lot of specialized studies will probably be, be, be cut. Um, it's for the, for the faculty, it's like the answer to 
are lowering uh, income of Dutch students. They're using this as a solution for everything, but it's still just a work in progress plan. They even got rejected the label for the bachelor that they asked for the ministry. So it's a totally worthless plan that they're putting millions into instead of putting it into sustainability, instead of putting it into diversity policy instead of putting in t- it into mental health and student experience, they're putting all these money in these things they're not even doing anything about and just these worthless policies that will not benefit the students but only benefit economic worth for our faculty, which is not the focus we should have. Yeah, and to add to that, there's also a lot of prestige projects that the UFA does to get on higher rankings, which they, so- which they sometimes uh, um, prioritize above the students. For instance, a lot of short uh, stay, uh, a lot of international students who are only here for one semester get to choose in which building they, uh, in which building they want to live. Mm-hmm. And the UFA owns buildings in the city center, all under under the vice of uh, the student experience in Amsterdam. What sitting right one. What, what? And right now we're sitting in one. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean for uh, I. I mean, students' living accommodations, which in my in my view is a little bit weird if there are so many budget cuts and you want to have this Amsterdam experience. So we need to, because tr- living at the edge of the city center should also be fine. So we need yeah. to have a redirection. We need to um, rethink where our budget is going. We need to stop with the prestige projects. Yeah, um, I live in a student accommodation now because I'm just on exchange for a semester and I believe that it's through a different housing company. Um, no, because they're actually have, they have a contract with the housing company and then the housing company gets all those, uh, those, uh, rooms, they reserve it for international students. So there's kind of a deal worked out between yeah, them. And yeah. even there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, uh, difference in price because if you're a rich international student you can live in a city center but if you don't have a lot of money you're put on the edge which our university shouldn't do we're we're, we should we should hold accessibility high we shouldn't have these buildings which we're subletting to very rich international students uh so that's something we need to rethink and that's something of the priorities which aren't right at the ufa at this moment we put it we should put it to the students and the teachers because it's up to here we ha- had it had it with the stress. Yeah, you go to the university to, to get a good quality uh, education and not yeah. a very nice building. And yeah. not it shouldn't be about the Amsterdam experience. It should no. be about exactly the quality of education, but also the accessibility of education. True. Yeah, and the problem with also this the international students is that they are just promoting a lot in outside of the country, like the UFA is now. They've decided to stop also because of uh, Corona. Um, but then they don't really take into account like the experience of the international students, and they're just putting a lot of money into promoting this. Well, the economic experiences to to add to that, it's about the economic experience which they don't, uh, and also the accessibility because a lot of facilities are still offered in Dutch. Yeah. So actually, in my view, let's just call it like it is. A lot of international students are used as cash cows. Yeah. Uh, because the university also gets funding per student. So they have like this direct uh, money incentive to get a lot of international students, but once they're here, it's like uh, a free-for-all. Yeah, you're on your own. Which is ridiculous. Um, That kind of ties in with something that I was thinking about in terms of um, community at the UFA. Like it seems like I know that the voter turnout last year was like 15% or something very low. Um, And there's not a huge community feel here, at least to me. Um, Like, how do you guys plan to change that if elected to council? We we as the anti-corona party want to revolutionize this whole council ordeal. Uh, we want to put the debates on the internet. We want to stop with the technocratic jargon. We want to do our jobs for once and translate this jargon and these uh, and these very difficult policy problems. Bring it back through direct referenda towards the students students at the lowest level and create a lot of engagement through there because we're actually talking about a lot of problems. If you would have explained it to a lot of students, they would have known that it touches them directly. So it's not about students who aren't interested. It's about us not being able to do our jobs right. 
Yeah, we should have more student engagement with the student council, but I don't think necessarily putting it online will make it more accessible. I think we should also have more physical promotion. Of course, now the times are a bit different and we yeah. should do more online promotion for student council and explanations. But yeah, just put in like a long-term view. I think putting it online would not make it even more accessible, just make it more like... I think we should be more open, open our doors and uh, let us see to the people and i think an important part is for ex for example it's only an example on the toilets are the uh, toilet papers the, the, the that's Want a newspaper the flyer the playground <laughs> and uh, i think that's an important uh, thing to promote to the students and see what are we doing and what are we talking about and i think this last year it was not done enough and I think we should do that more often and also do it online. And the problem with the physical, with physically talking to people is that once a year, uh, these parties are giving students pens and fruit just for their votes. And people are not stupid. If you, if you only show your face once a year and ask for a vote, people are not gonna be engaged. So we need to reform that whole principle uh, and we need to have, have, have an, uh, and put it on, the internet and I heard what you said that it wasn't gonna be do nothing. But to be honest, the the young the pe young people right now are living their lives on social media on the internet, and we as a, as council members are lagging behind. We're still using our old ways to engage a new crowd of people. Yeah, but I think we should also always stay connected to this physical space because I really do think that brings value to the discussions we would have with students, and I think. If we put everything online, this would just create this in, like this interest or detached student engagement. I really would love to have everyone super involved in a student council, and we should really work towards that. But but you and I, I think on putting it online is an element of that, yeah. not our priority. But Tov has been in in student council for years and has had uh, has had these points for years, and f to physically reach out to people have never has never worked. What Jilly said, there's only a 16 percentage of people who come up and vote. How is it going to be different next year? I guess we'll see. Exactly. And that's but why we need to vote for the anti-corona yeah, party. But for I'm a wondering, because you are talking about a revolution, but how are you going to do that when you're only one man, or one woman, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just got <laughs> From CSR, and you're also running for, the for another faculty, and a faculty of humanities, and you're only on your own. So how are you going to start that revolution? Well, at, at first through votes, so I hope I can gather enough votes from people to have some democratic legitimacy and then also to uh, to uh, to talk about it. Because uh, in contrast to what Tov just said that, oh, we're only eight votes, uh, eight, eight council members. Uh, what we want to do, it, what we acknowledge is that we're not the only type of, I'm not the only type of students who's, who's walking around. We're not, there's not just a faculty of humanities. If we want to have institutional reform, we need to talk to each other, listen to each other's voices and be open to accountability and criticism. So if I get elected, I will listen to my peers. We will implement a plan together, which is important in student, student council. Instead of bickering, we need to work together yeah, I'm just afraid because you're running at multiple places that you will prioritize or have this general view instead of prioritizing the humanity students, which we will have to represent even in the central issues. So I do agree that we should have strong relations on central issues, but we will always have to represent the humanities. But there are some issues which affect us all, like economic inequality. That's something which is yeah. for everybody. But we'll always experience this from a standpoint of the humanities students, because even economic worth, like we're experiencing it differently. Like you can see it with the budget cuts. It will be different for us than for the law faculty. But if you only want, if you're, if you're sitting in your faculty, just screaming towards the UFA, we want change, we want change, nothing is gonna happen. And to be honest, I'm not here to sell you a fairy tale. I'm not here to tell you if I'm in the council and I start screaming faculty this, faculty that, that anything is gonna change. Tolf has proven that for the last four years, sitting in the council and screaming towards the UFA, nothing has changed. So I'm not, I'm not bringing a, an easy message here. Something we have to, sometimes we have to do things we don't really want to do. But to have an institution for reform and to make it a little bit better than it is right now, we need to do that as a whole. We need to stay connected. We need to, uh, we need to um, come together as a whole. Um, I know um, DeVry's student 
Um, <laughs> I know that's not great. Uh, sorry. It's quite good. <laughs> okay. Um, I know that one of your main topics is uh, digitalization and having recorded lectures. Could you talk more about that um, post-corona? Uh, yes. So right now at corona at the corona period, uh, there is a lot of uh, online lectures and tutorials. And it's already a few years ago our standpoint that uh, the lecturers, so the big uh, main lecture with the professor who explains the uh, information to you, should also be available online. So not um, only so you can go to class or you can watch it later online so you can also have time to have a, a job or uh, have some spare time and then watch the uh, lecture later. I think here exactly we can see the problem with a central uh, party that's running centrally and a party that's running decentrally like TOF because this issue is very different for our faculty because the big lectures that exist across the UFA for our faculty usually mean small groups for a lot of courses. Th th of course, you also have big studies. I do acknowledge that. But for a lot of courses, this is still small groups where you have a lot of engagement with the students and with the teacher. And if we put this online... Um, post-corona, this will mean that the students will have less engaging discussions, less quality of education, and putting it online doesn't make it more accessible. Also well not for people who don't have direct access to the university, so yeah. people in wheelchairs. I feel as though putting it online also gives them a chance to follow it on a more regular basis. People who are ill, you're forgetting a whole group of people who's also studying at the UFA and who might not always can come to the university. It might be because they have to work. It might be because uh, they're, they're in a wheelchair. It might be because of mental problems. And they need to get access to those, uh, to those online lectures. That's also a part of accessibility. But also the digital education is also not as accessible as you now try to make it out to be. Because a lot of people don't have laptops at home, don't have the internet connection. Exactly. And that's also what I, I uh, wrote an opinion piece in the university paper, just asking to to um, make an inventory list about which students need a laptop, because that's going to be very important. Instead of putting money towards uh, prestige projects at agencies abroad or bureau, bureau communications, we need to put it towards laptops, towards making it uh, ac uh, accessible. So I, I agree with that. But what's, what's the other... Uh, how do you see an alternative for you? Because we're in Corona, we're in a pandemic. We need to have some sort of education. Yeah, I mean, during Corona and when we are forced to do digital education, we should invest in a quality of education digitally. But I think once it becomes possible again to have physical tutorials, as they're now starting up again as well on a small scale, that we shouldn't prioritize online education above physical education. Yeah, because if we completely focus all of our investments into this digital reality we will forget that physical education does ha give better quality of education yeah. I agree. we agree but the thing is that we also that's also the reason we why why we want the tutorials to be you know, physical and the lectures also be physical but also be recorded and be available online so if you're not uh, say you're sick or something then you can watch still watch the lecture but it's very important especially at the faculty of humanities that we have a, a physical discussion but on Oh, sorry. On the, uh, yeah, you go. I No, but I agree. And we need to have some sort of balance in it. And But Tov, to be honest, we uh, we live in a digital world. That is going to be the future, if you want it or not. Like, I'm also uh, in favor of, um, of having a, a large portion of our uh, education face-to-face. Uh, -face. But we don't, we're not, we shouldn't go back to the old... Uh, pre-corona everything physical because that's just not reality and we have to do re to deal with that digital reality which is coming i'm very happy that i find a partner in this opinion but at well the folia you s you had a totally different voice you were not that fond of digitalization no i said we need to be able to have a conversation with each other and I don't know how you kind of dis uh, how you kind of got that I wasn't in favor of digitalization. What I'm not in favor of is digitalization fetishism, which you are doing, <coughs> and that's no. what Tov kind of really pointed out really well. Where is this gonna end? And that's why you need to vote for the anti-corona party. We're not the old. We're not f on this big digitalization trend, but we need to find a balance. 
Yeah, but the problem is our the faculty of humanity is lagging behind compared with other uh, faculties on the digitalization level. So yes, we see that it's very important to focus on this because no lecture is right now available um, online. But what does digitalization mean in your perception? Because I feel as though you kind of have it more in the efficiency realm and we are kind of thinking, at least I am kind of thinking more in accessibility terms, in making it... Uh, giving there it to a broader scale of people. There are a lot of good points about digitalization. So yes, accessibility, but also flexible. Um, so yes, and what we say is that the, uh, the important point are the lectures online. So days are available for everybody. But in your plans, we're going to have empty lecture halls and we no. need to put a stop to it. We need a to have a balance where a we can have discussions with each other, but still have this sort of can can watch it online if we have problems if there's something uh, which we need to have for specifically for some students needs i also studied at the faculty of law for one year and they uh, record the um, lectures and they and the lecture halls are not empty but at all but you're not being honest right now because a lot of a lot of courses only put because i'm also i'm studying uh, philosophy european studies and law so I've seen it, and a lot of uh, law courses only put it online one or two weeks before. So that's not completely true, what you're saying. Well, what we say is that we have to take a look in how we make it available online. So we, we you can take a look at the Faculty of Law also does it on the day or the week of the lecture. Um, it's available, available, and then after uh, just a week before the exam, it's available again. So that's something that we're looking into. So to also get the lecture halls um, filled. Um, but also make it available if you can't come. And that's exactly why you need to vote for a party which is kind of which is uh, represented at the central and the decentral level, because you kind of get this image of a broader digitalization um, uh, uh, plan which we're going to, and uh, on the decentral level can fill that in more decentrally. No. So have you have the knowledge of both those uh, no. both those uh, things. Yeah, and it's also important if you take a look at that's also important uh, digital was the proctoring. So it's uh, something that uh, affects the whole university at every faculty, but it was addressed at central level because that was the easiest way to take a stand against it. And uh, we are very happy that they are uh, starting the court right now or a few days ago. We're mm -hmm. also yeah. really in support of that. I think everybody here yeah. is yeah, in support of that. We also advised on it um, decentrally, very against it. Yeah. We're very happy that it's now also a lawsuit. So there's at least one thing that you guys agree on. We, we made it. <laughs> okay, so let's wrap this up. Um, just like maybe two or three things, couple things that you want the voters to know about your party so they can vote for you today, in the next couple days. Yeah. Oh. Go ahead. Well, if you want to freeze the great averages, if you want to cut the tuition fees in half, if you want to stop voting for technocrats, stop with the talking, start voting for vision, vote for the anti-corona party. Well, vote for tough if you want to vote for the party that is taking the, the central and the humanities perspective as the priority and taking the humanities student as the priority instead of putting everything on central level, you should vote for us for stronger student rights, decentrality, um, <laughs> diversity, and sustainability. Well, vote for the Freie Student if you want your voice to be heard in the humanities, but also on a central level. So don't forget to vote twice if you want that the student is central. We also have delegates at the central level. Yeah, but the delegate is uh, for the Faculty of Humanities and not of TOF. So if you want them to stop fighting, vote for the anti-corona party. <laughs> <You want> <laughs> oh God. If you want to see it live, please come to the uh, debate one time. <laughs> yeah, are we doing another, another, <laughs> another one? one. <laughs> another well, one. I, me I meant the meeting. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Bye. <laughs>